Welcome, Al. We're very proud to have you as a special guest here on Peaks Podcast. Oh. This is this is episode 43, season three. Season three was supposed to be the summoning of Everest, but now it turned into the COVID season. And uh, we're having a, a really, a little bit of a change of format here. Uh, we have the COO of A Basin, Al Henrop. And Alan is a legend in his own right. He has uh, worked over at A Bay for some 33 years almost, working on his 33rd year. And we're so proud to have him with us today. A Basin has been my training mountain for 18 years. For each of the five summits that I have been able to complete, A Basin has been a huge part in it. So I thought it'd be very fascinating to include an episode with some information in history on A Basin and where A Basin is going. Alan, uh, you are famous in Summit County. <laughs> and uh, I would just like to say, I am so proud to have you here. Our guests are really got a special treat with uh, having you. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm enjoying a, a beautiful summer day up here. I'm doing great. Well, that's good. That's good. So you've seen a lot of change, and you've been the catalyst for a lot of change at Arapahoe Basin, probably, or one of the highest ski mountains in the country. Can you uh, tell me a little about your history there? You started in Ski Patrol, right? I, I did. I actually, you know, I, I moved to Summit County in 1983, and I, I uh, spent five years working at Keystone mostly ski patrol but I was a river guide down there and you know like most people when they move to ski towns I think I had about a dozen jobs the first five years and <laughs> exactly did all kinds of stuff at that time Keystone and Arapahoe were the same company and uh, I uh, in 1988 I got a promotion and I became the ski patrol director up at Arapahoe Basin and um, that's when I came up here to work, at least full time. I had dabbled up here a little bit previous to that. And and I, I was the patrol director for 11 years, had a great time doing that, loved just about every minute of that job. And I spent uh, following that, I spent half a dozen years as the director of mountain operations. And um, since 2005, I've been the chief operating officer. So it's been a it's been a really fun, good ride. Boy, and that uh, during your your watch, if you will, you've uh, been able to expand that mountain by what thousands of acres? Yeah, at we, least we've, we've tripled the size of the area. Um, so that that's been really good. We've gone from you know uh, uh, about uh, um, five hundred acres to fourteen hundred and twenty eight acres now. So it's we've really come a long way. Montezuma, that was, it seems like just yesterday, but that was, what, 15 years ago, 10 yeah, years Mo ago? Montezuma Bowl opened in uh, January of 2008. Uh, so there you go. Seems like yesterday to me, but it's, it's, uh, it's a while ago now. 
And now you got the beavers. That I love that area. Yeah, we, we just finished year two, at least, of lift service in the, be- uh, in the beavers. And, you know, that's really been a treat. And when I say the beavers, I mean the beavers and the steep gullies, which are, are two distinctly different experiences. So we're really keen on that project, too. It's just amazing. Every time I go there, I got something new to do. And uh, even after 20 plus years of skiing there, I just love it. Oh, and it, it's the perfect mountain to train on, you know, because you're, you're up so high. What, you know, the, what, the top of the lift is over 13,000, right? You know, not quite the top. The top of the lifts are, are, are just under 12,500, but you can hike up to about 13,000 feet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. East wall. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I love that area, the east wall as well. So I have to bring this up. I was going through some of your history, and it just so happens that back in the 80s, you and I were at the same undergraduate school at northern arizona university you know um prior to this call i looked you up on linkedin and i saw that we were there for a couple years at the same time that's um that's unbelievable you know what what else is interesting about that is i grew up in tucson and uh you know as i started skiing in middle school and i'd ski two or three weekends a year driving up to you know apache sunrise or purgatory um, but it was when I moved to Flagstaff for college that I really started skiing a lot. There's a great ski area just out of town there called Arizona Snowball. So I got to ask you, the first one of my first summits, high peaks besides uh, upstate New York, was Humphrey skiing back there in the uh, the back bowl. You ever? I'm sure you've done that, right? Where you I, hike up and I have. I, I you know I think when I was probably 14 or 15, I hiked to the top and then. Uh, when I was a college student there, we did a lot of backcountry skiing too, and we we skied all over the place around there. The sacred burial ground, right? Wasn't that the? Uh, I think that back basin was sacred to the Indians. It, it it is very much sacred to a lot of the tribes in northern Arizona. Wow, that's yeah. uh, that's unbelievable that we have that uh, common thread. I loved uh, Flagstaff. What yeah, a great town! It is a great town. Great mountain in the. Between that mountain and the Grand Canyon and Oak Creek and all the beautiful country there, it's it's just a it's a great place. There's a lot of diversity, just like we have up in Summit County. Uh, so, I got to ask you, I I've been watching this Via Ferrada, and this winter I was in Antarctica climbing Vincent, and I ran into this crazy guy Wesley, and. <laughs> And we're at this table together, you know, in, in, in Antarctica. And we started chatting, and he was telling me how he's building this Via Ferrada at A Basin. He, he, and I'm like, no way. You, this can't be true. So, as you know, you pointed him out to me a couple weeks back, and I got to see Wesley here in the States. But can you tell me what your inspiration was to – to build such a unique feature at Arapaho Basin, the Via you know, Ferrada, that yeah. is. So a couple things. We've been dabbling at getting into summer business for a long time anyway, because the place is just so fabulous in the summertime. And we've, we've been looking for the right kind of activities and entry points. And and I've known about Via Ferrada for a long time. You know, they're, they're very popular in Europe. I think there's 
you know, a thousand or more Via Ferrata courses in the Alps. But, but, you know, I never quite had the vision for how we could do that here. I just thought all our, our, our rocky areas were just too difficult to get to. And I, I happened to, you know, right after Jackson opened their Via Ferrata, they put out a really great video and I watched it and I was really excited about it. And I just, I watched that video and I kind of looked at some rocks that we had here and I, all of a sudden, you know, I thought, hey, this, this is possible. And I, and so right away I, I, I called the guy that is Wesley's boss that owns the company that builds them. And turns out he and I had a, a really uh, a faint connection from a long time ago. So I, I, I kind of barely knew him and he came up and visited and, and uh, he saw all kinds of possibilities and we kind of just took it and ran with it. And, and, so we're 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 excited. That's you know they're probably going to be finished building it in the next few weeks here. So, um, you know we're really looking forward to it. I can't wait to get on it. I mean it's such a classic. My first Fiat Ferrada was over in the Dolomites, where you know the history of the they put the Via Ferrada up to help the the troops right in the Alps. Correct. Correct. And uh, they have they have those fixed. It's a you know it's a fixed cable basically all over the uh, northern part of Italy in the Dolomites. Right. And it, it allows laypersons to get up there and experience the real mountain, which is, is just beautiful. Well, and, you know, our, our Via Ferrata course is going to be unique in a lot of ways. It, it, uh, um, you got a little bit of, of a hike, a walk. You're going to have to walk about uh, four-tenths of a mile to the starting point. But when you get on it, a lot of times via Ferrata courses, they just kind of move and about and they're scattered about a rocky area, but ours is literally going to be, um, there, there's going to be a, uh, two or three routes that climb up and, and you're actually going to summit a, a, a little peak that's just about 12,900 feet. So it's, it's, it's going to be really cool. Uh, um, and it's going to be a really cool experience to get people to this place where, where most of them never would have, been able to go to a place like this and and like you said there's a there's a fixed cable so people can be clipped in at all times and a lot of times it's true climbing on the rock but when it gets a little harder um uh we've installed some uh, some steel rungs that are kind of like a ladder step and to make it a little bit easier for people but it it it's going to be a it's going to be an extraordinary experience I am so excited about that. My heart's starting to pound. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Alan, so are you, will A Basin allow people to self-guide or are you guys going to require uh, pro? It, it, it won't be self-guided. Um, you know, people are going to have to to work with us, get one of our guides to take you out. And, um, you know, we anticipate that opening normally next summer, which would be summer 2021 and we'll probably be out there playing on it this fall and, and getting all the details fine-tuned uh that'll be uh that's probably the safest way to approach it because i know that base up there's quite steep it's steep it's rugged and you know it, we've actually uh you know put quite an investment into the thing also to make it happen and and we think this model is the way that works best for us that's awesome i can't wait to jump up on that thing yeah so uh you got, there's so many exciting topics I want to talk to you about. Just a, a month ago, let's talk a little about your 
with the most legendary runs in Colorado, Pavlicini. <laughs> yeah. And your and your lift. Right. So you know, um, Pavlicini lift uh, was. You know, the first time a lift was put there in this location was in 1978. And, um, you know, at the time, it was pretty cutting edge for that steep of terrain um, to, to put a lift in there. And it, 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 it really serves fantastic terrain. I mean, I'll, granted, I, I admit some bias here, but, you know, it's my, favorite, <laughs> it's my favorite lift to ski anywhere. You know, the lift's about seven minutes. It's almost 1,400 vertical. It, it covers an enormous amount of terrain and and you literally can keep busy skiing all day there all week all season it's 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 really a a fantastic match between a lift and a chunk of terrain but you know these um over time lifts are kind of like cars you you do got to replace them eventually and the old Paul Vicini lift is kind of analogous to having a car with 300,000 miles on it so we we thought it was time to replace it, and so we, 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 in the midst of doing that this summer, and and the project's well on its way to being done. The old lift is removed, all the foundations are are complete on the new lift, and um, we'll be setting the towers sometime in early September, and so we're going to have a new chairlift, and we, we're excited for this chair. You know, we thought long and hard about what to replace it with, and and there were. There were two, uh, you know, things we really considered. We could put in a big lift, a nice big detachable lift, and and there was a lot of reasons to do that that were good. You know, we could have increased the capacity. A lot of people prefer detachable lifts, so it made a lot of sense to do that. On the other hand, you know, this the old lift was such a perfect match for the terrain. People really liked it. It's a double. You can have a intimate uh, experience with whoever you're riding with, whether that's your uh, spouse or partner or your buddy or someone you just met, you know, it, it, it's a really great experience. And, and we, we, we spent a lot of time talking to the people that ski here and ride here. And, you know, some, there were definitely some people that wanted us to upgrade the lift to a big detachable, but it seemed like more of the people that rode it the most wanted us to keep it the way it was. And, and so we did that. And, um, you know, it's, uh, and I feel really good about the decision, although I, I think there were great arguments for going both ways. Um, but, but we, we went ahead and, uh, decided to go with it. And, uh, I think it's going to be a, a cool lift and it's, it's not going to be that different from the old lift. And, um, uh, I think it's a good way to go. I think that was such a classy decision. When I read the narrative on that, I just thought that's what differentiates a basin from, you know, the, the resort, the other resorts of the country that just, you know, are more profit oriented. And the choice you guys made is, is just a classic. Anyhow, I applaud, I applaud that. And I got to tell you, you're, I mean, out of all that, you know, there's a hundred lifts that you gave away. I understand. Yeah. I was, I've never been so excited to win a lottery and get a chance to buy one. <laughs> and uh, I'm having it mounted with a plaque at my cabin up in Wilderness. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I'm, I'm so excited. And I have a, I'm having this uh, Argentinian guy 
build it out so I can have it hanging and swings. Gotcha. So I can't tell you how many people, well, the, the other 99 people got to be, I hope they were happy to win one of these as I was. I mean, a little bit of history. I mean, it's priceless. Yeah. It's literally priceless. It, you know, it is priceless. And we, we, uh, you know, the lift, the new lift is a few million bucks. And, and so we did try to sell some of the old parts uh, just to offset a teeny bit of that. And we did, we sold about a hundred pairs and we, um, we also were in the process of auctioning for the chairs for, for various good causes. We've auctioned one so far. We sold that one individually for, for $16,000. Um, oh my God. Money for uh, our local community foundation, the summit foundation, and also the community care clinic and the FERC or the family intercultural resource center. So we're, you know, we're, we're, um, we're, we're taking some of that notoriety of Polly and, and trying to do some good things with it um, uh, on, on a community level, especially, you know, in these COVID and recession times, especially to help some people out that could use a hand. So, so we're excited about that. That's such, you know, it, that's such, that's a fantastic cause. Good another job. Another decision that we had made, uh, you know, like 20 years ago was that whenever we replaced that chair, we were going to give up, uh, the employees that had worked here 25 years or longer, one of the chairs too. So, uh, so some of our, uh, like people that are a little uh, long in the tooth around here, they got a chair to put in their backyard. Also, so. <laughs> oh, I, I bet you that made them so happy. What a great, what a great idea. Yeah. Um, I was, I told a couple people that, uh, love a Bay as much as I, that I was going to be interviewing you. And they wanted me to bring up a suggestion. Yeah. They said, well, two of my friends also uh, won the lottery and, and have a poly chair. And they said, hey, we should have, you know, ask Alan if he would have a party for everybody who won a chair. We could do a fundraiser out of it or do something over in the alleys uh, or up at Black Mountain. You know, maybe a gathering and people could show the pictures of how they mounted them and uh, or what they did with them. Yeah might be pretty cool if you could gather you know that is a great idea we actually uh for uh late april we had a big poly going away party um scheduled for black mountain lodge and we were going to auction chairs there as part of our our uh, work and unfortunately covid killed that idea for us but that's a great suggestion and and uh maybe as soon as things kind of get back to normal we can have throw a great party for paul that would be fun, and uh, I can guarantee you, if I'm not on a big mountain, I'm going to join. I'll come <laughs> look, up. <laughs> look forward to seeing you there. So, you know, you, you, you said the C word there. Uh, I would love to chat with you. Firstly, you know, your mountain, for my training, your mountain access pass, uphill access pass, I should yep. say, is is a fundamental part of my training. I think when I trained for Denali, I was, you know, I'm older, but I was as strong as these, you know, tatted up young guys. And it was because of your uphill pass and getting to hike up there with, you know, a 40 pound pack. It really helped me out. Can you talk a little bit about your uphill pass and where we might be going with that this coming season? Because 
Yeah, I need to train. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, you know, so so you know, we anticipate having an uphill pass again this year. We will have it. Uh, we haven't set the price for that yet, but 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 it'll be a very reasonable price for it. And you know, just going back a little bit, there have been people skinning or snowshoeing up the hill for as long as I've been here. But, but, you know, at some point uh, about 10 years ago, and I don't remember exactly when it happened because it happened sort of gradually at first, but it really started growing in popularity. And, um, um, and, and we kind of reached a point that, you know, we really had to deal with it. And, and, um, because it's, there are some issues with it. You know, there's we're managing and working on the ski area literally 24-7 during the winter. We have snowmakers at night, groomers out at night. Some terrain is closed. The avalanche teams get here very early and get started. And, you know, we, we kind of reached a point of, you know, we either have to not allow this or we have to embrace it and make it work. And, you know, we, we got to thinking about it. If we weren't to allow it, geez, we practically have to hire a full-time security force to keep people off. And that was an idea that nobody liked. And so we really right. tried to figure out a way we could embrace it. And, and a really big part of that was to educate people on how to behave and, you know, to stay away from the winch cat and stay away from snowmaking and recognize that the mountain might be closed at times for avalanche work. So you know, we developed this concept of the pass. And and I think at the time, maybe a, a couple other mountains, a few other mountains were doing some sort of pass. And, um, um, you know, and we were, when we did it, I thought maybe 200 people would, you know, get a pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and at first it was free at first. Um, and, and you only had to get it once. And, but, you know, we gave away over a series of years, we gave away, you know, nearly 10,000 of those passes. And, and um, you know, we, we, we had reached a point, uh, you know, a little over a year ago, we needed to upgrade the plan a little bit as to what we were doing. And we thought, you know, we were putting more and more time and energy and work into it. So we did start charging, but not that much for it. Um, and we asked people now to get a pass each year. Um, but, you know, just in its first year of charging for it, um, you know, we gave out 3000 passes last year. So, and, and that was with, uh, losing three months of our season. So, you know, I think, I think people love this activity. It's one that I take part in regularly. You know, I try to get out a couple of nights a week after work and, and skin up the hill. Um, but it's, it is a really cool thing. And, you know, when you look at our mountain experience too, you know, there's some hiking or skinning or climbing involved, hanging out and skiing here. At least if you like to ski, you know, more of the double black diamond terrain, there's just unbelievable hiking up on the east wall on the steep gullies. After you hike that, you got to walk back for, uh, you know, 20 or 30 minutes. And there's a little bit of hiking back in Montezuma Bowl, too. So, you know, I think I think it really fits what skiing's all about. It's not just... For most people, it's just riding the lift and going down. But there's a group of others that, you know, they, they, they view the experience a little bit differently and they want to get just a little bit farther away from everybody. And they 
want things to be just a little bit harder and they don't mind a little bit of a workout with it also. And, and I, you know, I think the combination of our hiking terrain and our uphill pass, we've, we've created something, you know, we've, we found a really extraordinary niche there that, uh, you know, it might be growing beside bigger than just niche size, the way it's going. You know, for me, it's, it's literally spiritual to get up there in the morning before anybody and uh, hike up. I mean, it's just like being on a big mountain, yeah. that peace and tranquility. Yeah. I love oh, it. Good for you. Good, good. for you. Just yeah. love it. So the uphill pass. And so talk to me, what do you, I know this is probably a tricky area, but are we going to be able to ski this next season? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how's it looking up there? Well, it's, it's kind of funny that you say that we, uh, you know, right before this call, I was on a call with the governor's office and as <clears throat> soon as we're done, I've got a call with the uh, Summit County government and health department and, you know, I'm, I'm very confident we're going to ski this winter. Um, I mean, I have a really high level of confidence that we're going to ski this winter. Um, you know, I think some of it might be a little different. We're trying to figure out what that's going to be. You know, we, we dabbled back. Uh, we opened May 27th for 12 days. I don't think it's going to be very much like that. I think we're going to have a lot better, a lot more open, a lot more uh, – um, it's just going to be a better experience available to a lot more people. Um but I'm, but I'm confident that we're going to get open and um, we're going to spend the next two months really working out the details on it. Well, that's good because uh, I already got my pass, Alan. <laughs> so I'm a believer in you guys. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think if anybody knows, you know, one person, I, I think one of uh, uh, the best compliments I've received in a long time was someone told me they bought a pass and they, they knew that if anybody could make it work, it was going to be Arapahoe Basin and, and we're go- we're going to make this work. That's exactly how I yeah. feel. Uh, it's so. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the famous Els blog. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Els had a blog for I don't know twelve years. Yeah, Al? I think uh, I started in two thousand eight. So twelve years, and I mean it's the go-to for information about a basin and. Uh, and the high country, really. How much snow there really is up there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and all those details. Can you tell me about your blog? And uh, I mean, how many subscribers do you have? I mean, it's got to be tens of or thousands for sure, yeah, right? You know, uh, um, you know, each day, it, it depends on the time of year. But, you know, five or 10,000 people read it each day. Uh, um, so that's pretty that, cool. And, and, um, it, you know, it's been a, it's been a really great experience. You know, some people do comment online, not a particularly huge amount, but the amount of people that I've got to meet face to face that come up to me and just start talking to me because they're familiar with the blog and the way I've been able to get to know so many more of our guests than I would have otherwise, it, it, it's been a really positive experience that way. And, uh, you know, I, I just try to share another another side of the basin with people. And sometimes it's easy. Sometimes I, you know, struggle with finding things to write about. But, you know, I, I just try to write about stuff I see or put pictures up of things I see. And uh, it's it's really been a, a lot of fun. And, um, hey, you know, one thing for the record, we're probably the only resort out there that actually reports less snow than we really get. 
Wait, you 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 caught that little jab, didn't you? For from one of the other mountains that reports heavy. I mean, I know if you say six inches, it's probably ten, and I'm going to be up there in the morning. <laughs> if we say six, as a port, we want to be here. <laughs> yeah, that's priceless. I'm uh so. Peaks Podcast, what we're listening to now, uh, has a website, Peaks Podcast, so that many of our listeners are from uh, international and different parts of the world, so they can uh, get an easy link to your blog. International clientele. Hey, hey, Brad, I lost you just a little bit there, but I think you were talking about your 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 uh, website. I, but I, I missed you for a sec there. So, it, our my podcast ties in with uh, a website, PeaksPodcast.rocks, and we have a lot of international viewers on our website. So, I'm going to put a link to your blog so people can get a flavor for what we're talking about with all your. Uh, information oh, on a base perfect, perfect hey you know something fun that we just finished and this is going to sound like a shameless plug it's really not but uh oh go uh, ahead go a ahead named kathleen norman just wrote a a, a book on a base in history and uh you, you can find it on our website in in the retail section but it's a really fun story uh you know going back to the very beginning the scary open in 1946 and Oh my yeah. gosh! I gotta. Uh, I want to check that yeah. out. Is it anything like uh, "It's Easy, Edna"? It's all downhill. Well, that's a great book, also, but it's uh, you know it's it's very different from that, and it, it includes a lot of Edna stuff there, but it includes a whole lot more than that too. So, um, you know, for for people that are curious about the basin, they might want to check that book out. And who's the author again? Her name is Kathleen Norman, and the, Kathleen Norman. the book is. Excellent. Titled uh, Arapaho Basin, a legend since uh, Colorado legend since 1946. And, and at Arapahoe if you go to our retail store, Arapaho Sports, you can you can find it there. Yeah, your little uh, your little souvenir shack has turned into quite a little business there on the mountain. I love that. Place. Oh, you know, matter of fact, our, 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 our manager, Josie there, she has, a, a, you know, an extraordinary sense of what people like and what they want to see. And uh, there's fun, fun, good stuff in there. You know, you know, the black uh, Pally sign, the triple diamond. Yeah. It's a, so I bought one of those to put behind my chair left. Perfect. Right. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I bought one for my two friends that got, uh, that got a lift as well. So cool. uh, we're all going to be sporting those signs. Cool. cool. Well, Al, I want to say thank you very much for joining us. Uh, your mountain has been my favorite for decades. So this really has a special meaning for me to talk to you. You know, I know we've casually met over the years, but uh, this is uh, a dream come true. And I want to thank you very much for your time. Well, you, you bet, Brad. It's an honor to participate in that. And uh, hey, good luck on the rest of your big summits too. summit attempts. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll keep you posted for sure. Very good. Uh, I'd like to thank all of our listeners domestically and around the world. Peaks Podcast. This is episode 43, season three. 
featuring the COO of Arapaho Basin, famous Al and uh, Al's blog. We'll have our link at peakspodcast.rocks for Al's blog. So if you're unfamiliar with it, which I doubt you are, but uh, if you are, we'll have the link so you can easily access it. And we'll look forward for, to more information on A Basin and how they plan to reopen so uh, we can train there for the next big peak. Thanks, listeners. And remember, you can uh, subscribe to Peaks Podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And we'd love to hear any comments regarding our episode 43. Thank you very much and have a great day. Thank you.